This is FuelCast Georgia, an open forum modeling excellence in Georgia school nutrition through inspiring, engaging, and impactful conversations, connecting those who want to make a difference in the lives of our children and communities. Ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for FuelCast Georgia. Welcome to another session of FuelCast. Today, we have an exciting guest joining us today, Holly Thaw. She is the Farm to School Specialist for the Georgia Department of Education and School Nutrition Program. Welcome, Holly. We are so excited you're here with us today. Hi, Ro and everyone. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Awesome. So if, you, if you're not aware, this season, we're primarily focusing on love what you do, hashtag love what you do. And we're trying to have conversations with the members of the school nutrition team. So we want to know, how did you find your way to school nutrition? How did you land here? You know, I love this conversation because if you'd asked me years ago or when I was, you know, going through school, I would have never, ever in a million years told you that I would have ended up in food service or anything related to food service um, or really even necessarily in nutrition. But I talk with, I work with a lot of dietetic interns these days and I have over the years and I tell them frequently how lucky they are to know about school nutrition as a field, as a career opportunity, because it wasn't so obvious um, for many of us when we were going through school and growing up. So I'm excited that that message is getting out and that the importance of what we do in the field um, is more widespread now than ever. Like, tell us a little bit about your professional background. I think you're a registered dietitian, correct? I am, yes. Yeah, so tell dietitian. us a little bit about how all of these dots connect. I grew up um, with both my parents in the medical field and my extended family. So when I went off to college, I wanted to be a biology major, thought for sure I was going to be pre-med. Um, and then through conversations with different people, I realized, you know, I'm not so sure that I want to have this lifestyle that I want to right. um to go that direction. So just exploring different areas of interest of mine. I was a soccer player, um, an avid soccer player growing up. So I knew like just from that experience that nutrition was important in, um, in helping me succeed athletically. But I hadn't thought too much about, you know, nutrition being important in other ways, for example, like helping me succeed in school. So um, I did, you know, go on to change my major, my major to nutrition at so I went on to Georgia State. They had a program. It was called a coordinated program in nutrition and dietetics. So I came from UGA and was in that first class. But still, even going through there, like I mentioned, like we didn't have the opportunity to be exposed necessarily to school nutrition um, in what it is today. So right. after leaving there, I, um, I went on to get a clinical job. So I started my first job was Piedmont Hospital in Atlanta as a clinical dietitian. And I thought, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And this is, you know, I'm here to help people. And I was, and I certainly was helping people, but I realized very quickly that that wasn't for me, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, it makes sense. You mentioned the fact that you wanted to help people. And I'm assuming, of course, you were helping in the capacity that you were working in, but did school nutrition provide a different level of help? You know, did you see your servant leadership skill set maybe come to the top? Like, what were the differences there? Absolutely. So, you know, in the clinical world, you are certainly helping people and many times in their most um, in their times of most need. But I felt like, you know, I wanted to help 
people to prevent people from getting to that point. Luckily, I had the opportunity to then pursue a um, a career change and go and work for a children's hospital in Atlanta. So with Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, Strong for Life was um, was in its infancy, and I was able to join that in the beginning and, and transition kind of out of the clinical world, and then that branched on to the K twelve segment and schools and school nutrition. And that was really my introduction to the food service side of of dietetics. Your title is intricate. A lot of people hear about farm to table, farm to school, farm to school. What does that actually mean and how does that support the student? Right. So, you know, there is not one set definition of farm to school row. We know that um, that that looks different. Farm to school looks different in all in all of our districts in many ways in Georgia. So if we make that connection between our cafes and our classroom through our farm to school work, then we can have further discussion about how our school meals truly fuel Georgia's future. Um, as it stands now, our Harvest of the Month initiative highlights an item each month that can most likely be sourced locally, no matter where you live in our state. So it's like the best chance that you have um, of finding that product. And the idea here also is that if we have multiple districts sourcing similar or the same products um, from our state, then we're giving our farmers a heads up for what our districts are gonna be looking for. And then we're also allowing for that camaraderie between districts, you know, to, to really celebrate that, Georgia apples are being served all across our state, and um, it doesn't matter where you live in our state or what school district that you're going to, that you'll have access to that. And, and the opportunity to encourage healthy habits from right at the get-go from a very young age with our elementary students when they learn how to uh, to recognize what a meal is by just by going through our serving lines and our cafes. That habit in itself, if you if you create habits early on um, that are healthy, it's much easier to maintain those rather than to try to break unhealthy habits later on and form new ones. I understand that you do the harvest with Holly. Can you tell us a little bit about that segment and its value and what the intent is for um, the end users? We launched Harvest with Holly at the beginning of the pandemic, and the idea was, could we find a way con to connect with our Georgia students and our Georgia school nutrition professionals um, in a new way? Because we thought, um, you know, they certainly needed support from us at the state level, and how could we provide that without adding more work? to the um, to the local levels and we thought hey we'll launch this series it'll be um, it'll be kind of light and fun but hopefully add some value to some content that they that can be shared throughout our state but we thought you know this will like this will be the summer series this will launch and, and it'll last through the summer and we can create some new engagement and connections and then go into the school year and um, meet people and talk about some of the fun things we introduced through Harvest with Holly. Little did we know that a full year later, um, we would have completed a full year of episodes and then been, you know, talking about what our next steps would be to continue this virtual engagement. Awesome. So I wanted to kind of pivot a little. Do you have any like success stories as a result of the work that you're doing in schools that you'd like to share? Oh man, it's hard. It would be hard to pick just one, but I will say, you know, something that sticks out to me over the past year is that 
through the work that's been done at the local level and the relationships that were established in farm to school allowed them to be able to make sure they were able to offer the highest quality fruits and vegetables to their students despite some of the through procurement related challenges associated with the pandemic. But we want to ask you a personal question. So what are you doing when you're not working? What is fun for Holly? I know you have two young children, you're married, like what what things make you happy? What things do you do for fun? Uh, what do I do for fun? You know, I don't. I can't remember the last time I've asked, I've been asked that. <laughs> when you have a a two year old, a two and a half year old, and a nine month old, my life is um, children and work, and children and work. Um, but we I have. Understand. <laughs> we we luckily live on the coast of Georgia, which provides a lot of good opportunities for us to enjoy. Um, enjoy what our state has to offer after work um, and after school and on the weekends. And then we also, on a personal level, we our family loves to garden and cook. That's wonderful. Do you happen to have a garden or anything? We do, yes. So we moved um, to our new home in March of 2020, right before the pandemic. Um, and so when we, we've always had a garden at each house that we've lived in, um, it's been something that, you know, a goal of mine to make sure that we had at every home. And then when we moved in March of 2020 and kind of of unpacked and wanted to build and start a garden here, so did the rest of the world. So (laughs) a little longer, all of a sudden, everyone else wanted to have a home garden um, to get some of the materials and get that up and going. But we have it. um, And it's, you know, we've we're learning a lot about, you know, this yard and um, the light that we have or don't have and the amount of water that we get in this area. So we've had some challenges, but we've also had some successes, which I think is a good life lesson as well. Um, yeah, and then absolutely. <laughs> and that's actually fun. That's fun, though, like learning yeah. all those things. And it's funny you make that observation. It seems like at the height of the pandemic, everybody had time to either build or do some kind of home improvement projects. So the lines outside of Home Depot and Lowe's were around the corner. Everybody had the same idea. <laughs> right. I remember, you know, we ordered some we, we ordered some cedar wood to build the raised beds. And I remember talking to the company and I was like, you know, I understand that it's going to take a long time to come, but like, can you move mine up to the top of the list? Because I've been doing this for a long time and I want to get it going again. Um, and they were like, no. <laughs> Everybody had the same idea. Hilarious. <laughs> so I want to dig a little deeper. What were you eating when you were in school? So like I have my textbook favorite meal. It was that rectangular pizza. What was your favorite meal when you were in school? It's funny that you mentioned that. Um, my husband, um, same. So when I first started working in school nutrition, I worked for um, for Fulton County Schools. I can talk forever about that. I mean, my time <laughs> in Fulton is so near and dear to me, and I grew so much and just have so much more respect for this field after my time there. But one of the first things that I did, you know, was kind of updating some of the things on the menu and sharing with my husband, you know, this is this is my new job and this is what I do. And um, he he asked me, well, do you have square pizza on the menu? And he, although I think we all know it, it was probably a rectangle, but he called, you know, everyone kind of called it square pizza, even though it was rectangle. Right. Um, he was like, so do you all have square pizza? Because that was his memory. And um, it's, to me, we I grew up eating square pizza, but it wasn't such a thing. But for him... When I told him that, you know, we did not have it and that we changed it because that's not what the students, you know, the students wanted their pizza to look like the pizza comes from restaurants. Mm -hmm. Um, He, from then on, 
introduced me as this is my wife, Holly. She is um, she works for schools in food service and she's responsible for taking away square pizza to your children. <laughs> every like every function that we went to, this is my wife, Holly, and she's the reason why there's not square pizza on school lunch menus anymore. Blame Holly. Like, yeah. So, um, so square pizza is certainly a conversation in our house. Um, but for me, you know, growing up eating school lunch, I this is going to sound so cliche, but I liked figuring out what the different um, fruits and vegetables were on the menu and trying new ones. Which sounds like oh, wah wah. That's why you became a, a nerd dietitian. Um, <laughs> but I promise, I'm not that straight and narrow. I just kind of in, well, I was interested in fruits and vegetables early on. So that was kind of my my favorite thing. How cool is that? It's interesting, the connection. You were trying to figure out what vegetables were, and now you're like farm to school specialist for school. <laughs> That's so interesting. That's an interesting connection. Yeah, you're like, let's invite someone else to the podcast because this girl is too square. <laughs> no pun intended on the square with the square pizza. But it's funny how everybody, and I, I guess we're dating ourselves. I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, and it's interesting, either from Georgia and our other guests are from all over the place, that square rectangular piece seems to be like a, a mainstay for our generation, and it, it really stuck with us, because I think that was the one time that I really, really enjoyed dining in the cafeteria was when pizza <laughs> was on the menu, and it had to be that one. I don't know if I would accept the triangular one the same way. It's just, it's interesting. <laughs> well, you can blame me too, Ro. I know. <laughs> what was your official role when you joined Fulton County? Can you tell us a little bit more about how you contributed in Fulton County? They were thinking, you know, let's bring in this dietitian who has a clinical background and we really need some help with our, the number of requests that we're getting for special diets and how do we handle um, safely feeding children with allergies and with special dietary needs. Um, the number of those requests was just going through the roof. It was um, increasing astronomically each year. So we needed to have, they needed to have a better process for that. So that's kind of how I came in as this clinical dietitian. Um, but that quickly changed once I got there and realized that, yes, that is one piece that I was able to work on, but that piece touches all the pieces of our field. So we want you to talk to someone you know is out there listening or a group of people you hope would be listening to this podcast right now. What does being a Georgia School Nutrition professional mean to you, and what do you hope it means to our community? As our school nutrition professionals, in my opinion, have one of the most important jobs in the world. And for those of you who've heard me before, like you may have heard me say that, but I, I say it from the heart. You know, this, the amount of heart and drive that it takes to do what our school nutrition professionals do every day, like, I would put that up against any other professional. Um, they work harder than anyone I've ever known, and they stay in the field because they truly care about their customer. They truly care about who they're serving. What do you hope for the future of school nutrition? That, you know, I think that we can all talk lightheartedly about our past and growing up with school meals and the different stories, but I hope for the future that that conversation um, is much different because school meals, the impact that they have and the innovation that's occurring in our school meals today is truly inspiring. And, and I feel like if you ask our students today when they are all grown, you know, what they think of when they think of school meals, 
it's going to be much different. They're going to be talking about how they ate food from their school garden on their school meals, how they tried things that they had never tried before, how they learned how important the items that they were eating were to their state, how they talked about in class, they talked about food. I mean, come on, what more interesting could you talk about in class? Like they related food to what they were learning in class. I think that's what people are gonna remember when they think about their school meals. Thank you so much for joining us, Holly. We appreciate all the valuable information you've shared with us today. To our listeners, I still invite you all to follow the hashtag Love What You Do campaign as we highlight those professionals that exist in Georgia School Nutrition as we serve you all. So again, thank you for joining us today, Holly. Thank you so much. I very much enjoyed the opportunity to be here with you, Ro, and I'm excited about the opportunity to continue to share the great work that's going on in schools and our school meals in Georgia particularly. And I just want everyone to know that I would love to be a resource. Um, nothing brings me more pleasure than to um, to work directly with our districts and with those that reach out about farm to school in Georgia and to, to talk through the ways that we can continue to enhance and support the great work that's going on in our states. So make sure to visit our school nutrition website. You can click on the outreach tab and navigate to farm to school to learn more about everything we've talked about and more. Look out for more insightful discussions connecting those who want to make a difference in the lives of our children and communities and connect with us online via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn using the hashtag FuelingGA. You can also email us at FuelingGA at Godot.org. We welcome your views, episode suggestions, and feedback. Until next time, the Georgia School Nutrition Program is fueling Georgia's future with excellence one full meal at a time.